So I get to go into a lot of schools uh-huh. and share my poetry and run workshops and trying to help young people to um, help them to tell their story, help them to using poetry and um, writing as a way for them to articulate who they are, to realize that their story matters and that it counts. And um, and I love it um, from the kid who comes in with hair hung down over their eyes and they can't even really look up and then getting up and and mm. performing at the end of the week that I have with them and screaming their truth out to the world. I love it all. Um, but I also, in the midst of all that, I also am faced with kind of a whole lot of bad cliches and a whole lot of really bad metaphors. And oh, I wish yes. that I had, I wish that I had um, recorded or copied down some of these really bad metaphors, <laughs> but I found someone who did for, for their own work. And so I need to read them okay. to you, Joy, and okay. to all of our listeners out there. Just a few of these um, wonderful, uh, wonderful metaphors <laughs> that some students used. Right. Um, here's some for you. The sun was below the watery horizon, like a diabetic grandma easing into a warm salt bath. (laughs) (laughs) Her eyes twinkled like the moustache of a man with a cold. She grew on him like she was a colony of E. coli and he was room temperature Canadian beef. Aren't they wonderful writers? Wow. Her eyes were like the stars. Not because they twinkle, but because they were so far apart. (laughs) And lastly, a final one for you. Their love burned with the fiery intensity of a urinary tract infection. Oh, Joel. It's it's, it's too much. It's so good. The Deep Place on creativity and spirituality. My name is Joy Prouty. And I'm Joel McCarrow. Welcome to our podcast. My first creative block is my own uh, issue with believing that I have something important to say. (laughs) And then once I get the courage to actually say the thing that I feel is important, perhaps when I don't get any response. call my first step of writing my poetry the dump Mm -hmm. Um, often I am writing it while I'm sitting on the toilet um, (laughs) as as my two kids are banging on the door and I might get get one line of poetry out and that's all I get for that day but it's something schools and hear incredible poetry like we've just heard then but what I'm trying what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to um I'm trying to help these young people often I go in and we say I say we're going to write some poetry and they all roll their eyes they're like oh poetry Mm -hmm. because they don't know what it can be they haven't experienced it before And then I get to perform it for them and I get to show them what it can be Mm. and then I'm trying to take them to help them go from from a blank page to writing and then performing a piece of poetry and it's a it's a challenge it's absolutely a challenge but what i've come to realize is it's not just a challenge for students it's the the challenge is this is what i call it the foreboding blankness of mm. an empty page <sighs> do you have the foreboding <laughs> blankness of an empty page that comes over you sometimes oh Yes, in a million ways. Yeah. But I want to focus on a line that you just said that oh, yeah, is yeah. so, so... One of those metaphors. <laughs> it was not a meta- one of those metaphors, but it was when you said that they, 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 they don't know what it could be. They didn't, you know. Uh, yeah. Isn't that what it is with everything that we don't know? Mm. We don't know what it could be. Yeah. And so we just don't jump in. So or we don't, don't e- we don't even try. Yeah, we don't even start. We get yeah. stuck. 
Yeah, it's the anticipation. It's that's why the the foreboding is foreboding is anticipation. It's yeah. the it's terrified anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the starting that's the hardest part. Who has sat there with a blank piece of paper staring up at you silent and you try to start but nothing quite sits right in your head and your perfectionist kicks in and your negative inner critic gets loud and you've been told what this should look like but you know it won't come out of you like that and you know you just can't make it look right and people will just think it's silly anyway and you tell yourself you're not good enough and you get busy and then you don't have time for creativity and you end up apathetic or lazy or you just don't even know where to start and so you just give up. Is that a familiar story? It's been my story every day. It is your story every day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's when you have a blank page, it means that you have to declare something. Mm. And sometimes it's just, I know it's what keeps me from posting on social media. It's that I know I need to show up and I know that what I have to say is really important. But yeah. first, what, what thing do I pick to say? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then am I really noticing enough? Have, have I noticed enough? Yeah. Am I noticing enough right now to say something that's going to cut deep enough to really make a difference? I know exactly what you mean. One of my, one of my creative blocks is that I, um, I've, I've written what people have felt like are fantastic poems in the past, like, um, poems that have moved people and, and Mm -hmm. I've, and they've been moved to tears and they've, or they've been inspired and their life has been changed and then I sit there with that blank piece of paper staring up at me and in my and in my head like I go to start writing something and I'm like it's never going to be as good as what I've done mm. like what how can I, I, I and I start writing and then I critique it and I judge it and I edit I scribble mm. it out and I'm like oh I can't be as good as that poem that I did what can I do how do I get how I get past that, like all the, and that's when my negative inner critic, like mm. I think that's probably one of my main creative mm-hmm. blocks. What are your What are your major creative yeah. blocks? Well, let's see. Where should I begin the list? Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first creative block is my own uh, issue with believing that I have something important to say, <laughs> yeah. and then once I get the courage to actually say the thing that I feel is important, perhaps when I don't get any response. Or, you know, when, when, or even when there's a great response, but then there can be a negative response, you know, and so it then, and then I believe, well, the negative response wouldn't have been said unless there was some sort of truth to it. And then I'm spending all my energy on that rather than focusing on making the work that instead of thinking about the number of people or the response in general and picturing one person. Hmm. And so that's, that's been, (laughs) I've been working on that. Um, and so it really, it was when you had talked before uh, about writing to one specific person, making uh, yeah. it really personal, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. something that I'm so happy to hear you say that it really mm. affirms that this thinking about just one person, when the blank page, yeah. the Instagram post, whatever it yeah, is, yeah. when it's staring at me, instead of thinking, trying to make a great difference, yeah. just picture one person to yeah, make a difference. Yeah. Um, so the fear of not making a uh, that's the uh, curse of social media, isn't it? Yes. Because we just live our lives so publicly now and our creativity mm-hmm. so public, And we always feel like I got this many responses last time and I need to get more responses. I need to keep yes. up. My, like, what a yes. burden for us. And to feel that if the response is not correct, then then the thing doesn't have value. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think yeah. that it's just because we can get instant gratification now, yeah. we have so many more blocks. At least I do have yeah. found myself blocked more intensely because there's there's an there's an always ready platform mm. rather mm. than you know instead of creating something in secret mm. you know we're now to, to have it be noticed it needs to be public or you know i guess it's de- defining the difference between the block that that keeps me from creating art for my own heart mm. which is usually the hustle and busyness 
is blocking me always. My own yeah. stress, yeah. my yeah. Uh, toddler constantly asking for apple juice that all <laughs> I, I have a new idea every day. I had one yeah. this morning about a film and I started writing down. I got three quarters down the page. I was so proud of myself for having this stream of consciousness yeah. that lasted for longer than, you know, 12 minutes or yeah. something. Yeah. And, and as soon as I almost got to the end, I opened my mouth to try and speak it to my husband. And right there, the ketchup bottle came flying at the paper <laughs> and he just... He, Smith got ketchup all over my entire paper. And so then I'm taking it over to the sink and, you know, and I'm just, you know, screaming words that I shouldn't be saying. And, you know, it's just then I think, oh, how, how, and then I'm blocked and then I can't. And I'm like, well, this wasn't even worth starting to begin with. And then I block myself with my own negativity. Wow. And so it starts it's like as something. It's a cycle, isn't it? It's, like it, a, it it's a continual yeah. cycle. And then yeah. I'm thinking, oh, and then I feel guilty about feeling bad that I should have been present with the children. You know, there's so many different uh, feelings associated with blocks that one small block, one lack of response to mm. an into Instagram post, which is, shouldn't be a big deal if mm. I'm exhausted or tired or mm. not personally filled, then I, it makes me more easily hindered um, and easily spinning into a dark place triggered by all the other little triggers mm. that then, you know, is this making sense? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There must be many for all of us. Like I think that spot, it's a good way to think about it is it's a spiral or a cycle that one thing triggers the next thing, which triggers, uh, it's almost like some, perhaps it is the blank page staring at us and we have an initial kind of self doubt thought possibly mm-hmm. um and then and we take that so we're like ah oh, so we try to start but we don't really start and then mm-hmm. we kind of just distract ourselves a little bit and then um we procrastinate just a little bit more mm-hmm. and then we get busy and then we start in our heads we're like i'm never going to be a poet or photographer mm-hmm. amazing photographer anyway mm-hmm. and and so mm-hmm. we distract ourselves more like we we do what we can um, it just keeps on going, doesn't it? Yes. It just keeps on going. There's a um, an incredible quote. Uh, let me find it here. It is from um, Julia Cameron, the artist way. Yes. Um, she says this, After a while, we come to realise that many of those who are blocked are so because they are getting a payoff from it. It has become their crux, their identity, their martyrdom. And this is the killer. She says, as blocked creatives, we are willing to go to almost any lengths to remain blocked. Mm. Doesn't that just hit you in the gut? (laughs) I feel like there's a thousand people staring at me right now. That's how how true it rings. I know, doesn't it? Like you think about whether it's the amount of time you watch Netflix, the, yes. the amount of time you waste on social media, the mm-hmm. whatever, it's like we we are the what we are our own biggest blockage. Mm-hmm. And because the it's it's almost like the there's a fear of what might be beyond the other side. What if I mm. get to the other side and it's, and it's not good? So mm-hmm. we self-sabotage. That's, mm-hmm. that's what we do. It's like that you don't want to do something because you feel like if I do it and it's not good and people reject it, then, then, then where am I at? What mm-hmm. do I have left? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and so we, it becomes, as she says, our identity. Like we become so, um, we become so trapped. Mm-hmm. But that trapping, those trappings, that cell, that prison that we're in has become so familiar to us mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the thought of freedom outside of that is scary. Yes. It's scary. It's like a person sitting in a prison cell and the key to the door is right next to them. They can just pick it up and walk out, but mm. they've been sitting in a dark prison cell for so long and, and they know that out there is just white blankness. Mm. Because they, they, their eyes can't adjust inside the prison and that looks too scary so they never take a step out. Mm. It's, it keeps us, these things keep us captive. We get in that spiral and then it becomes so, it becomes us. Yes. The creative blocks become our crux, our martyrdom, our identity. Mm-hmm.
And it almost feels impossible to, to fight against it because mm-hmm. there's many things that, that I'm blocked with, like mm-hmm. like uh, feeling like I'm good at playing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? I, I, yeah. and, and it's like I've told myself that for so long or the yeah. way I'm not good at math or yeah. how I'm not good at accepting love or I'm yeah. never going to be a... a, a, a an award a winning filmmaker or I'm never going to finish my book or you know yeah. I just keep telling myself that every day and so I really believe that that thing is true mm, becomes a reality yes so so for me when you talk about being in a prison cell mm. that that um, visual that you were painting yeah. I mean it's the it's what the way I feel a lot of the time yeah. um, and perhaps that comes from Lot, many seasons of depression of you yeah. know or the fear of going back there again yeah. or you know that that if I'd met many things but I used to think that like to, to pray to talk to God I would have to pray in a specific way mm. with my eyes closed and my hands clasped mm. together and yeah. a place away from other people and mm. say the right thing. And mm. I wasn't allowed to scream at God and I sure mm. allowed, wasn't allowed to say any bad words to God. Yeah. And, and I couldn't pray with my eyes open and, you know, different things, which who knows if anyone taught me that, or I just yeah. absorbed that or what, but it kept me from being, having Freedom, freedom, freedom in my beliefs yeah, or yeah, my, yeah. that knowing that God knows who I am and he knows I'm saying those bad words and this yes. is no surprise, yeah. but it's the same. It's, it blocked me from relationship. Whereas wow. once I realized I didn't have to stay in this dark room with my eyes closed and my hands clasped that yeah. I was created as an artist. Yes. And so I can pray by going outside yeah. because when I close my eyes, it's a, just a spinning swirl of anxiety and feeling wow. like I'm going to do it wrong. Yeah. And so if I go outside with my eyes open, instead of having to pray a certain way, I can just notice things like a prayer, like Mm -hmm. Mary Oliver says, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that that, when I'm blocked, the thing that always does help me is to get outside myself, to to recognize that the unworthiness that I'm allowing myself to enter into is Mm -hmm. in fact untrue, Mm -hmm. even though I know it's untrue, even Mm -hmm. when I'm saying it, I'm failing, I'm whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm a bad mother, I should have never become a mother, whatever, those things are Mm -hmm. not in any way true and actually are the complete opposite of my my great passion, Mm -hmm. my children. Mm -hmm. But when I'm stuck inside that dark cell there's there's no moving me and so I must realize the only thing that can get me outside of myself is to literally get outside and that's the starting place instead of having to 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 get my blank page filled I can go outside and instead of having to fill it with words that day maybe I pick leaves or flowers Mm. and I put those on the page that day and maybe I um etch them with charcoal on the paper. Mm. And I, I just try to do something that my that something that seems new. Mm. Mm-hmm. What I what I really love about what you just said, which is really fascinating to me, is that we were talking about creative blocks and then kind of it, it automatically it went into what you felt was like a spiritual block. Mm. Like the the creativity that um, those things that stop us creatively are perhaps the same things that stop us spiritually. Like them, it's it's the one and the same stuff inside that cell. Who has sat there and tried to pray or tried to meditate, and the blank piece of paper that is God? sits there silent and then your spiritual perfectionist kicks in and your negative inner critic gets loud and you're being told what a spiritual person should look like what prayer is meant to look like what a good christian is meant to look like or whatever that might be but you know that it doesn't come out of you like that that doesn't work for you not work that's the wrong word but it's not you it's not who you are it's not and so you feel like this is not what it's meant to be like and you feel like you can't make your spirituality look like it's meant to and you tell yourself you're not good enough and then you get busy and you get um you don't have time you end up apathetic you don't even know where to start and so you just give up and stay inside that cell Mm.
in other words, it's it's exactly the same. Like our, I feel like our those things we name as our creative blocks, whether it's um, being busyness and time, whether it's perfectionism, whether it's um, all those things that we could name as those things that stop us from our creativity. Mm. I think they're the same things that stop us in our spirituality. Absolutely, because the art always comes from the deepest part of the soul, uh, yeah. or, or the thing that yes. I'm trying to that I'm being blocked from doing is is the deepest part of the soul. It's resistance that's keeping that in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, you know, always focusing on something outside myself, whether mm. it be with my eyes, mm-hmm. my camera, my heart, my mm. pen, mm. it is all interconnected. Always, mm. I don't think that we would care this much about art if it wasn't. If it wasn't spiritual. spiritual. Yeah, that's really true. Julie Cameron again says it's like the, um, she says she has no distinction between creativity and spirituality. Mm. They come from one and the same place within us, Mm. those same drives, those same motivations out of that same inner angst and turmoil and hope and dreams and all that kind of stuff. It all comes, it all plays out in Mm. our creativity and in our spirituality and and as well in our relationships, like in our relationality, mm-hmm. these are the same. I would say these are the same because we're so interconnected. These are the same blocks that stop us um, from letting people in. Mm. Like if if so, if our spirituality is is kind of our vertical, the desire to know and be known by another, by God. Mm-hmm. Um, to be seen and fully accepted then like our relationships our relationality is is just the the horizontal version of that the desire to know and be known Mm. to be seen and accepted Mm. and loved to know you to know that you belong um yes that's the that's the the point is to create art that makes people feel seen mm, mm, that's and, right and that they that they do belong yeah belong to themselves that they, yeah. they belong to love that they belong to their people yeah yeah and and i talking about spirituality um it's when i think about my seasons of depression and, yeah. and i've had people close to me commit suicide and yeah. um where we we didn't even know you know that mm. it's, it comes as a total shock mm. um and and you think about why, why, why the hopelessness is why, why they can never get outside the box, you know. Yeah, and we thought yeah. we thought about it so many times. How yeah. you know how how do you identify when the box when you think the box will never be open again ever? Mm. Um, and so and 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 it really comes down to that feeling like no one else will understand or accept the deep pain that you cannot articulate in words. And so if we believe <laughs> that that what we're doing if it's if it's if it's if it's woven yeah. all together in a grand tapestry of yeah. art and god together and and, yeah. and 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 wanting to take this tapestry and wrap it around people so that they don't mm. feel cold, they feel held. The goal yeah. the, the goal is that they feel held. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the work and by us, then, yeah. then if we, th- I think that is the thing that keeps me coming back to wanting to believe that my art mm. journey mm. and my journey towards God, this pilgrimage of both simultaneously always going at the same time side by side mm. is going to matter if it saves someone's life. Mm. And we never know what it, that it's saving someone, but that's the thing that keeps us, that, that, that pulls us eventually out of the block, that, ma- that gets me at 1 a.m. when I wake up, and instead of being mad that I'm up at 1 a.m., I think, I'm up at 1 a.m. because I'm supposed to write something right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was a couple months ago I got a, a message from someone on Instagram over something I had posted, and she said, I was going to kill myself this morning. Wow. And I read your post, and I'm still here. Wow. Thank you. Wow. And doesn't that make it worth it? Yes, and we ended up getting together and we yeah. had coffee and and, yeah. and and I I put a face on someone. And mm. so we we're talking about what do, when we see this blank page mm. and what how can we fill it? And it's mm. the thing that keeps me from filling it is all of the swirling in my head thinking about my own self and worth yes. and power. Yeah. And yet when I think about her face, uh-huh. I can fill a thousand pages. Wow. So that's, 
you know, I just have to remember. You remember the one person. The you one person. the one person again. Yeah, the anticipation. The terrifying anticipation cannot match receiving a message like that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so how could we stop? How can we stop doing what we're doing? Like, how could we, how, yes, how can we stop the, the, the pilgrimage towards God and art simultaneously yeah. if this is the product? Yeah, that's right. So all of these, the holistically thinking, because we suck at thinking of ourselves holistically in Western society, but what we're saying, it all it fits so beautifully together that our, our creativity, our spirituality, our relationality, our um, all these areas, our emotionality, our, our mental health, all these areas are interlinked. And, and if it's about, if at the core of it, like we were saying, it's, it's about knowing and being known, it's about being seen and being accepted, then the, the fear that stops our... Because really that's it, isn't it? It's like it's beneath all of these creative blocks, mm-hmm. beneath all of our spiritual blocks, beneath all of our, um, all of our relational blocks, keeping people at arm's length, not letting people in. Beneath all of it sits fear. Mm-hmm. Fear drives so much of, of our lives, drives so much of who we are. Like I think about someone said that the, um, the extent that we are willing to let people in to our deepest places is the extent that we will let God into our deepest places. Uh, And in relation to this, is the extent that we will go in the deepness of our creativity. Uh, That if we're not willing to let people in, then we're not going to go to those places in our creativity and we're not going to go to those places in our spirituality. So... um, so what that means, though, in terms of a way forward is like when I choose to push past that, mm-hmm. when I choose to to feel the fear of I'm writing a really vulnerable piece of poetry right now um, and I don't know how it's going to be accepted and I'm going to put it out there in the world. When I choose to do that and push past, not only am I pushing past in terms of my creativity, not only am I working from a creative block into creative freedom, but... I'm also working on my relational freedom and on my spiritual Mm. freedom. So the very act of me writing that poem um, and finding creative freedom means that I'm finding spiritual freedom, means that I'm finding relational freedom because they all come from that same place within us. The blocks are the same thing within us. So our movement in one thing towards conquering that thing in our creativity, we're not just creating, we're finding freedom in the whole of our lives. So several months ago, I've been going through a lot of therapy and trying to heal from trauma from my childhood and realizing Mm. that I really have trouble feeling loved. Mm. And I think it's what makes me really feel so connected to my clients is because I'm I'm so attentive to their love. Uh, I see it like it's, they might see it just like it's one color and I see it's like, it's Mm. like a prism. You know, yeah. and so because I'm so hyper uh, attentive to to how crucial love is to someone feeling yeah. safe enough to be free, yes. to allow yeah. themselves freedom, yeah. and it's something I've never really uh, to allow yourself. Freedom. Yes, correct. Wow. And so uh, I was really having an incredibly difficult evening, just feeling like I was I was I had a panic attack, and mm. I was really having a hard. I, I didn't feel loved and I didn't realize that was the problem though. I just thought it was, I was spinning out of control about this thing and I had this project to do and this person to respond to it. You know, the, the, the list was a million miles long and the children were screaming and it was past bedtime and no one had eaten, you know, the every kind of yeah. <laughs> trigger yeah. for an emotional meltdown of feeling yeah. like you are, have no worth. Um, that was the place and yeah. I just, I got to a real place of deep despair. Wow. And um, I was on the floor crying, and, and, and Donnie came to me. And normally we're fighting, and I, I get so emotional he can't handle it. <laughs> so it's hard for him to, and yeah. to handle it because we got a lot of people to take care of in yeah. our family. Yeah. Um, but he stopped. He was washing dishes, and yeah. I just was... 
he stopped and he came to me and he put his hands on my shoulders and he made me look at him and I was just weeping and crying and he just said, I love you. I love you. I love you. I would die for you. I love you. I love you. I will never leave you. I will die for you. I Do you have any idea how much I love you? I love you so much. There is nothing you could ever do to chase me away. I am not going anywhere. I love you. And I looked at him and I just, I, you know, I just, I could, I, I believed him. And I realized he'd never done this before, or maybe I just hadn't heard it. And it, it shifted something where I realized, oh, this was a problem. <laughs> like I was so profoundly affected. And I realized in that moment where I was like, wow, I see that I believe you and you actually really care. We're not living this passive life where we're both in our boxes alone. You know, you're showing up and you're saying, I'm, I want you to know that you are loved yeah. and that all those other things swirling around, your real problem is that you're not feeling loved right now. So let's solve that problem first. And it really was a huge turning point in my healing because I realized, oh my goodness, I, I can't, I didn't even know that was my problem. And, and now I feel free. And so I've identified, wow, I'm really rooted in fear. And that him expressing this deep love that he's not going anywhere, that my, my spinning out is not going to chase him away, which maybe was my fear that it's not happening so you can be free now to be loved and now go forward with the other things without the spinning and it really made a difference so when i start to think oh if i do this it's going to make him upset and then he might not love me anymore instead i just think i'm safe i'm loved which is has also enabled me to feel safe in my art that i feel I, i feel safe enough to be vulnerable to speak the things that i feel are important to be said and also talking about the art leading into the spirituality and our relation, our relation, yeah. <laughs> all, all of the relationships is yeah. that I now have a larger capacity to feel loved by God. That's incredible. There's room, there's mm-hmm. room because I'm not taking up so much room and energy by trying to fight mm-hmm. for it, mm-hmm. that worth, mm-hmm. which has only made me deep in my art and be able to really see this is a, maybe a problem for other people too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's where the heart of a lot of the recent work has come from. So I wonder then if it's, if we have our creative blocks and they're not just, and what we're naming is they're not just our creative blocks, they're our spiritual and they're our relational, they're that all the blocks in our life come from these places of fear within us. So the movement, the movement forward then in terms of our creativity, we either, we either stay within, like our prisons have become so comfortable, we, we put our nice lounge in our prison and we, mm-hmm. and we make it like home, mm-hmm. essentially. Mine is like an anthropology uh, bohemian prison. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and so we kind of get comfortable in prison and we just stay there. We, yes. we don't, yes. We're so comfortable in our stuckness. Mm-hmm. But then, then we start we start getting dissatisfied at some point. Like we start looking around going, oh, I'm still in a prison. Like it's different things that will show it to us, different realities Mm -hmm. um, that we, of how we're feeling, of things that happen, of things people say, and we start to go, maybe there is more than just this prison, this frozen existence. Yes. And that's when the fear kicks in again. And so then I wonder, like I think in relation to creativity, someone said creativity is spelt R-I-S-K, risk Mm. and and any movement towards freedom it's a risk to walk out that door and believe that there's a world out there that you're not just going to die it's a risk to go Mm -hmm. inside and open up those doors that are inside that we think are full of such darkness and and realize that the beauty is there in the darkness Mm -hmm. it's a risk to open our lives out onto a page and write poetry it's a risk like it's a risk to create and it's a risk to live in freedom. I, the, and this is why it's so hard is the way forward, I think, is, is risking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's risking leaving what we've always known for the unknown. Mm-hmm. I think that artists, <laughs> yeah. artists have a, 
I I think I, I mean all all humans. I believe that if uh, if if their heart walls are, are ripped off for just a short time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they might all uh, every human m- without the heart walls. I think that they would see that we all want to take the things that have hurt us and to to make something beautiful from them but we build up so so many shells i know i did and 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 it's hard to believe that's possible This is for the day when you are torn in two, when the discontent comes, when a world once endless is now four walls and closing the constriction of breath and the whisper out ahead, there must be more than this. This is for the day when the old ways can no longer hold you. And when you realise they have not been able to for quite some time now, this is for the day of dissatisfaction. As you take back your cupped hands from the drip of a tap that is no longer flowing, cast it aside, you are more than this. Throw yourself from the nest, flap wings, fall hard, find a current of air, a stretch of wind and rise. This is for the day of choosing. Itchy feet, shaking knees, clothes too small, stringent borders and high prison walls, the streets that knew us and gave us our name. This is for the day you choose to walk out the front door, to leave the house of your conditioning and follow the path around the back through the fields, keep walking, the regret may follow you, it shall soon lose interest as you lose interest in it. This is for the day when change comes to find you, and you scent on the wind, urging you to take off your too tight skin. For fear is a pen who has misplaced her ink, but still marks up the pages regardless, like a boy drawing pictures in the margins, the new frontier. It always outweighs the pain of our tearing. This is for the day that you leave. On that day, turn around quickly now, not for too long. Take a picture with your mind, for this is the last time you shall be here. So thank it for what it was. For who you have become under its soft gaze, pay it the homage it is due. Now turn once more around and give yourself to this, this new path, the unfamiliar and unknown. Keep the wind at your back, the sun on your face. Your pack is light and the world is calling. from my creative blocks like one of the ways that I um, see that blank page but choose to create anyway because essentially that's what it is it's a I'm going to do this anyway Um, I'm going to choose to create today even though I'm full of fear and that fear plays out in whatever way whether it's you feel the fear or whether you've just become so busy or apathetic or whatever it is I'm going to I'm going to create today so it's I think I make an intentional choice and then I get down and my my job as a writer is to let myself off the hook from writing really good poetry as in remember like I was saying that my creative mm-hmm. block is I've, I've written great stuff in the past yes. and so I sit there and I try to write something amazing again mm-hmm. and I sit there and I'm like nah it's not very good and scribble it out 
nah, that sucks, nah, that sucks. And what I've, what I've come to realize is that the thing that stops, the thing that stops you from writing good poetry is trying to write good poetry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Like, that's the, the big inhibitor is we think we know what mm-hmm. it should look like or what it did look like once. Um, and, and that stops us. And so my choice is I need to let myself off the hook. And this is what I try to choose. And I try to choose it every day. Like my big way of getting through my creative blocks is that I discipline myself to write a poem every single day. And that poetry doesn't have to be good. In fact, it's, it's going to be crap. And, and what I always say to my students is the only way to write good poetry is to write tons and tons of crap poetry. Yeah, (laughs) I remember that you say that all, yeah. Yeah, because it's so true. Because, I mean, you ask any writer, anyone who's written all those grand, wonderful books that we like, um, Anne Lamott calls it the shitty first draft. Oh, yes. It's meant to be crap. It's meant to, but we have this idea in our heads, it's got to be good, it's got to be perfect, it's got to be inspirational, and it just stops us. Well, I think it... Uh, I don't think we had that as children, right? Because yeah. it's we would just yeah. try whatever and yeah. just for the fun of it because yes. we weren't bound to any sort of other uh, obligations or mm. now having to raise our own children and not yeah. having any extra time. We're already hustling enough that creating just for the sake of even, I mean, that's that, that, that in yeah. itself can be a big block is Cre- like yes. being okay with even creating bad stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. because I feel like I'm like, that's, that's, I'm already investing all this time. It better turn out good or it yeah. better have some sort of yep. financial provision yep. that comes from it or this energy I'm spending away that I could be mm. reading a book with my child mm. or, you know, putting them to sleep or giving them a bath or whatever. I'm spending trying to write really bad poetry. I mean, like that seems really self-indulgent. And then I can get on another bad uh, mind trip (laughs) from that. And so uh, it's, it's helpful. I think all, all that to say, it's really helpful for me to hear you Mm. say Mm. you have to do that to know that it, just let 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 it come out. Yeah. Right? Is that yeah. advice? Let it come totally. out. Let it come out and whatever it looks like is okay. Cause like I write every day, but most of it is crap. And most of it doesn't see the light of day. But like the best stuff that I've ever done, it comes out of that same place. Like mm. it comes out of me being willing to write crap poetry and then to take it and then do the hard work of yes. editing and constructing and taking this crap first draft and making it something and me as a performance poet then going, how am I going to perform this in a way that will engage and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But they're the steps down the track. Like the first step has to be stepping aside from my editing perfectionist brain mm-hmm. and just allowing myself to, I actually call my first step of writing my poetry the dump. Mm-hmm. Um, often I am writing it while I'm sitting on the toilet um, <laughs> as, <laughs> as my two kids are banging on the door and I might get, I might get one line of poetry out yes. and that's all I get for that day, but mm-hmm. it's, something. it's yeah. something. I hide in the laundry room. In the laundry room, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretending you're doing laundry. Yeah, I, I, they know I don't do laundry. I just have to sneak in there behind the door. So. <laughs> that's great. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I allow, I allow myself just to write. Mm-hmm. And not judge whether it's good, or whether it's bad, whether it's going to change people's lives, whether it's going to change the world. I just sit and and get it out there, whatever wants to come out. And it's silly, and it's dark, and it's deep, and it's amazing, and it's crap, and it's all the all the things. Um, but if I'm not doing that, then that's when I just get stuck. Yeah. So it's a it's a creative discipline for me just to show up and write. Mm. And I take that stuff and I look back. And, and that stuff that I thought was crap two weeks ago, I, I have a look at that and I'm like, oh, actually, that could really work in this context. Mm-hmm. And I start writing from there. So it, it allows me to, to do that. So I can't, I mean, I have a, a, a writing desk mm-hmm. at home, my writing desk that I'll write from, but I don't always write from there. Sometimes it's when I'm sitting on the train, that's when I'll do it. I observe so it's not like a ritual, me. no. No, but that really works for some people. Some people need that ritual. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it in my life at the moment because mm-hmm. my life is too chaotic mm-hmm. yeah what yeah. what do you have do you ah uh, well I have the same chaotic life <laughs> with you five, have more chaos. five I have children. two kids you have five children <laughs> homeschooling children <laughs> um well I cannot work at home and so you know I'm I I'm so intrigued with the people's uh the way that they work 
their creativity into mm. an like an exercise routine. Mm. Uh, and I have no exercise routine, yeah. so this is a yeah. this is a new step for me. And yeah. so this is why yeah. I'm so intrigued by this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, what has what was working for me for a long time, which yeah. was just pushing through. Yeah. Well, I, it can't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. My body is getting too old to just push through, and yeah. my I'm too sensitive at this point. I'm I'm I carry the stories too close to my heart to yes. to just push through, yeah. and so it's. It's developing a, you know, every, every morning it, we're starting, my kids are up early at five, but I've been, I normally wake the, so Smith comes into the bed, he's two, he comes in usually at 3.30, lays mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. it's kind of rolling around for a while. If I'm still awake by 4.30, I'm just going to get up, that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing, and I mm-hmm. just start writing and I, releasing myself of thinking that it's for my book or, yeah. you know, and so, yeah. and, and I've found that those are the things once I've shared them publicly on a post or something like yeah, that yeah. the ones that I don't have any intention of having anyone read it is always the the, the 4 a.m uh yeah. yes the yeah. one that really connects the most because yeah. it's just the well this is what's on my mind mm-hmm. right now and mm-hmm. this is this is here it is at its mm-hmm. most raw level and I'm not going to give you the, the the beginning or the end but here's just what it is mm-hmm. and so you know I think that that's what I have to start to develop is an earlier bedtime and an earlier rising time. And I, I'm going to try to, to develop it like an exercise routine. And, yeah. and so I made my husband last week mow a big path in our field so that I can wake up every morning and have to get out there and walk the, walk the path and come back Wonderful. in and then just begin to write. Um, but just accountability. So now I'm saying it publicly on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So check in, Everyone check in in a month. And let... <laughs> friends with Joy, email her. Say, how no, are you going with But I just, what was working for me before, which is staying up till two in the morning, that, that just can't work can't anymore. anymore. Yeah. So yeah. just learning it's time for a, a new season of creative pushing through in a different way. Yeah. So it's almost like we need to let ourselves off the hook from our shoulds of what this should look like, whether it's the writing itself or what a creative life should look like or what a spiritual life should look Mm. like or what all those things again, Mm. letting ourselves off the hook. And just, um, I think, I think what I think of is, is Vincent van Gogh. I have, um, I've got this quote here from Vincent because it's one of my favorites of, um, one of his letters to Theo. Um, uh, he says to his brother Theo, he says this, Um, just slap anything on when you see a blank canvas staring you in the face like some imbecile (laughs) you don't know how paralyzing that is that stare of a blank canvas is which says to the painter you can't do a thing the canvas has an idiotic stare and mesmerizes some painters so much that they turn into idiots themselves I love that line many painters are afraid in front of the blank canvas But the blank canvas is afraid of the real passionate painter who dares and who has broken the spell of you can't once and for all. And life itself, too, is forever turning an infinitely vacant, dispiriting blank side towards man on which nothing appears, or woman on which nothing appears any more than it does on a blank canvas. But no matter how vacant and vain, how dead life may appear to be, the man or woman of faith, of energy, of warmth, who knows something will not be put off so easily. He or she wades in and does something and stays with it. I love it because it says a number of things about the movement forward. Like his first statement, just slap anything on. Mm. Just just write one of the one of the things that I get my students to do. And in fact, I think anyone who is listening to this podcast right now, this is what you should do is is flow of conscious writing. Julia Cameron talks about it in in Morning Pages. Artist Way as the Morning Pages. So flow of conscious writing is where you put pen to paper and your pen is not allowed to stop moving. It just keeps on writing. You're not allowed to, st- which means you're, you're bypassing your editing brain. You're not allowed to sit there editing or thinking about whether it's good or bad mm-hmm. or whatever. You just write. Whatever comes out, comes out. Mm-hmm. And so for you, for you who wants like a practical thing to do, um, grab a bit of paper and, and time yourself or say, I'm going to fill up these two pages 
right now and I'm going to write about, here's, if you need something to write about, write about yourself. And here's my question I often get people to write about is in, in a metaphor sense, if, if you were, if your life, think about who you are right now, if your life were a, was a landscape, what landscape would it be? Mm. Mountains, desert, forest, city, whatever, whatever it is. And grab that image and then just start writing and, and don't allow yourself mm. to stop. Just slap anything on the page. Just mm. get it out there, not judging, letting yourself off the hook of whether it's good or bad. That doesn't matter. This is just you getting something down there. So that's my challenge for you guys, the artistic challenge for you who are mm. listening to, to spend some time doing like five minutes flow of conscious writing. And when I'm in a good rhythm in my life, which you just can't be with kids, I do try to do two pages of flow of conscious mm. writing every day. It's mm-hmm. impossible in my life now, but mm-hmm. maybe some people who are reading, make that a discipline. See, even just for the next month, mm-hmm. every day, write two pages, flow of conscious writing about whatever comes out. Mm-hmm. And just see, because it's always, that's the stuff. In my creative process, that's the stuff I take and then I craft and I mold and I play with and I edit and that becomes the poems that mm-hmm. I perform. But I, it starts always with just slapping anything on and then as Vincent said, he goes on, like wades in, he does something and then he sticks with it. Mm. It's both the, it's, it's the two things. It's, it's being willing to look at that blank canvas, to look at that blank piece of paper, to have that blank SD card mm. and to go, I'm just going to create. I'm yes. just going to slap it on and then I'm going to stick with it mm. and I'm going to do this all the time. I'm going to get in, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that shitty first draft and I'm going to work on it and, and I'm going to draw something wonderful mm. out of it and create it into something in, incredible. And it's not to say, I mean, here's what we're not saying is that it's not, it's not about not valuing your work and it's not about leaving it crap, but it's got to start there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, we need to take this cause, cause that's the other thing that we get into. Sometimes we, you do an average job and you just leave it there. The amount of poets mm. that I know who will just write something and then and then kind of just leave it and just as the first draft rather than then the choice to do the hard work, um, to get in and to craft and be intentional and, and take. And so for you as a photographer, of course, you would know this, the choice, you take the photo and then um, you sit there and you work out how to present it in the best way. You might put it into into Lightroom, into Photoshop, and you do the intricate hard work details of, mm-hmm. of bringing colors out and changing lighting and, and all that kind of stuff um, to take something that could just be an average photo, a crap photo, and make it into something that is stunning, that's incredible. And so in, in saying all of this, I... Yeah, I'm just cautious that we're not saying um, just leave it there. Yeah, and I would um, say for the photographers or the uh, whoever's out there that's not working with words, mm. um, one thing that has really helped me as far as I think the... the um, with photography, the thing that really helped me to let go of perfectionism as mm. far as getting things to be perfect is when I started shooting things out of focus on, per- on purpose. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. so when you're yeah. talking about when you were saying uh, start writing and don't stop yes. about a landscape, I was thinking in my mind already yeah. before you said that, yeah. that my favorite thing now to take pictures of is intentionally out of focus enough so that it looks like a watercolor landscape. And so, you know, I, I was photographing an artist and so she had multiple paintings all around her house and the colors that she used in her house, uh, they echoed the, the paintings. And so, you know, really her whole life was a piece of art. And so I thought, how can I possibly do justice to how can I make, how can I make this art into something that's more artistic? (laughs) And so, and so, so I gave myself a challenge, which was to almost do what you're talking about with these morning pages, right? Or with the flow of consciousness, the landscape is to then just, I I took a, a series of 25 or so pictures throughout the day that were out of focus, all just the same amount so that when I put them all together, imagine it like a mosaic, all these out of focus 
pictures, 25 of them into a rectangle space, right, that might be the size of a photograph, one single photograph. And there's all these tiny, out-of-focus, landscape-looking paintings of her life that come together as a beautiful mosaic tapestry. Mm. And so then it took her art to a different level where it was a more, like once everything gets a little bit out of focus, you're not worried so much about everything looking just right. It's more about what it feels like. It's more like a song um, that you can trace your fingers on. And so, so for the photographers out there (laughs) with your challenge, take five out of focus pictures every day and create, what is going to be your water watercolor landscape collection? Um, it's it's really I love it. it. It it feels really freeing to me to be able to create something that feels like art. It, it, to, to create something that feels like painting through a camera. Friends, as we draw near to the end of this episode, I just want to let you know that this season of the Deep Place podcast is sponsored by Whitley College, which is a theology college in Melbourne, Australia. And 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 really what an honour it is to have an educational college who is willing to stand up and say, we want to champion something like this podcast, bringing conversation around creativity, spirituality, the the deeper realities of life. So go and check out the study options that they have there at www.whitley.edu.au. There's a guy named David Bales, as he tells this story of this ceramic teacher who in his first class, he tells the students, he separates them into two groups. One group, he tells, they're going to be graded solely on the quality of their work. And the other group will be graded solely on the quantity of their work. Mm. His procedure was simple. On, on the final day of class, he would bring in some scales, weigh the work of the quantity group, and 50 pounds of pots would be an A, 40 pounds of B, etc. And those being graded on quality, they needed to produce just one pot but but something stunning, amazing, as near perfect as they could make it. Mm. And so then the time of marking comes and this teacher, he, he, he finds this surprising thing that the works of highest quality were actually all produced by the group being graded on their quantity. And so it seems that whilst the quantity group was busily churning out piles of work and learning from their mistakes, the quality group had sat theorizing about perfection mm. and in the end had little more to show for their efforts than theories and a pile of dead clay. The other thing for me would be to not to not what I what I never do is I never rip my piece of paper out that I've been writing on scrumple it up and throw it in the bin because mm-hmm. I think that um, as, as we said before, because I, I come when you come back to that stuff, it might be that could be the very thing that in a different context really works beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you've crumpled it up and thrown it in the bin, then you're going to miss that. Mm. And you'll miss what could have been with this, this piece of writing. And I think about that also in relation to what we're saying in terms of our creativity connected to our spirituality and, and all that kind of stuff. It's like we take... We take those things in our lives that we think are failures, those the things that we think most discount us from mm-hmm. from freedom, from connection to God, from connection to ourselves, those things of shame and of guilt, and we crumple them up, those parts in our life, and we throw it away. And and I wonder, I'm like, I think if if there is a God, then he, then she actually is not kind of we i think we often have this picture of god like leaning over our shoulder judging us like that god is has the same voice as our perfectionist as our inner critic Mm. as our Mm. as that negative stuff we think god has but i think god is like reaches down and takes those those crumpled up pieces of our lives that we rejected and and does what i believe god does best unfolds it and says this is beautiful mm. like this this is this is 
and this is what you talk about as redemption. Um, you often use that word, Joy, about redemption. And I, I, th- I think it is those, redemption for me is those things that I believe discounts me. They're actually the things that, that God meets me in mm. and says, not, not, doesn't give me love in spite of those things, but in the midst of them. And for myself, take it away just from God, but for myself, like meeting myself in that place and not judging myself in that place, letting myself off the hook, giving myself grace, just as God gives grace, so I give myself grace in that moment. So it's not, again, we're not just talking creativity here, are we? We're talking talking our whole lives and allowing ourselves to be loved and to, to be covered in grace mm. redemption Friends, we are only just beginning with the Deep Place podcast. We're going to be bringing out episodes roughly fortnightly from now on. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know when new episodes are arriving. And you can also find us on Instagram. And there is a Facebook group, the Deep Place podcast community, which is a place for ongoing conversation around the different themes or whatever's coming up for you uh, during the episodes of the podcast. Please do tell other people in your life about this and And if you have the time, head over to iTunes too and give us a rating and a review. That would be really helpful. The other thing would be that if you want to support us in bringing this podcast to the world, as it is a time-consuming thing to bring together and cost money to produce, you can head to patreon.com where you'll find the Deep Place podcast and be able to offer a monthly patronage to get behind what we're doing here. To see more of our stuff, you can find both of us on Instagram and Facebook and you can see... See uh, Joy's stuff at theproutys.co and my own at joelmccaro.com. The theme song of our podcast is by our dear friend Joshua Furmeister, as was all the music from today's episode, and you can find his brilliant stuff at joshf.com.au. This has been the Deep Place Podcast with your hosts, Joy Prouty and Joel McCarrow.